Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> All day. Oh, oh, it was amazing. Bonnie, I've got a situation in my garage. What do I do? Help, so, help me with my graveyard. Help me. Bit of a, a crack at the garage reorganising maybe like four times already in the last six weeks. You've been here six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, your office looks like, you know, a bomb a has bomb hit it. Hello and welcome. This week we're talking about the garage graveyard. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she just had to do it. <laughs> we'll talk about why we fill our garages with old stuff and park our second most valuable asset on the street or driveway to make room for said stuff and what practical steps you can take to reorganise your garage. Now, if you haven't uh, followed us on the Tiki Toki, also known as TikTok. The Tiki Toki. We'd love you to check us out. There is this assumption out there that TikTok is people um, doing dances and goofy stuff. But TikTok is an educational platform and like there is so much quality information on there. If you're into gardening, get on TikTok. If you want to learn how to sing, get on TikTok. If you want to learn how to play guitar, get on TikTok. If you want to learn what really amazing books in a certain genre are and what, you know, follow certain people, if you want parenting advice, whatever, TikTok. Mm. Quick, fast information and also home organisation tips from Little Home Organised. So if you're not mm. on TikTok, let us be the reason you get on there. We'd love to see you. I did see a video randomly on TikTok the other day that made me laugh so much I nearly wet my pants and it was just a lady who had said she'd asked her hubby to put the leftovers in the fridge and he she opened the fridge and he had literally put the whole slow cooker in the fridge, oh. cord and all. <laughs> And it was like balancing on top of all this stuff. And I just I just laughed and laughed because I'm like, I know so many people in my life who are that literal. Yes. That you have to like be really specific about what you This is you what mean. she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, yep, that is brilliant. I love it. Okay, so today we're talking about the garage graveyard. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about the garage graveyard is because we just having moved – Everything gets dumped in the garage first, right? Because like that's the place where, you know, it's the easiest to access. You kind of stick everything in there and then you kind of like filter it into the rest of the house when you're unpacking and stuff like that. And our garage here is just your standard double lockup garage, which doesn't really fit two cars anymore because everybody's got so much stuff that you just can't fit two cars. And cars are getting bigger. And cars are getting bigger, right? But our old house had this extra portion at the back of the garage so we actually had like one and a half size garages which was awesome because then my hubby could set up his weights and he could set up his hobby area and you know we had room for the kids bikes and stuff like that and we don't have that now and you have to make a smaller space work and it is kind of annoying me <laughs> yeah I can understand that but even like you only having just moved in I walked in the first time I visited and I looked at all the shelving that was up in all your organized boxes and I was like that's still going to get rearranged but it is still so organized in here <laughs> <laughs> I think we've uh, had a bit of a, a crack at the garage reorganizing maybe like four times already in the You've last been six, here weeks. In six weeks yeah <laughs> meanwhile your office looks like you know a bomb a has hit gone it off. yeah because I'm avoiding work at the moment yes <laughs> well <laughs> 
<laughs> so today we're talking about the garage graveyard. Now, Bon, how common is this in the homes that you go into with your professional organising business? So I would have had hundreds of clients, maybe over th- a couple of thousand even over the last 10 years. I don't to keep track. And I would say a garage is an issue for 99.9% of them. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? I feel like there's like a few areas in the house where we can kind of get away with hiding things from our yeah. everyday living. And I feel like the garage is the big one, mm. the spare bedroom. Or the study. Or the study. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, these are areas that we don't maybe use or need to use as often. And so we kind of think, oh, we can get away with dumping stuff in the guest bedroom or in the study or in the garage. And I just find it so funny. There's this great image. We'll have to link to this in the show notes. And I use this in my workshops all the time. Oh, I think – is that comic? Yeah, it's the I, comic yeah, where I've it's like – It's like a a little cartoon man opening up the garage and he's got his son there and he says, one day, son, all this will be yours. And it's just crap. (laughs) It's just stuff. It's like sporting equipment and old furniture. There's not a car in there. Like it's just stuff. And I think that just so aptly explains what so many garages are like. We park our 10, 20, 30, 40, $100,000 car on the driveway or under a carport or on the street to make room for maybe, you know, like $4,000 worth of stuff that we don't actually want. And if we actually took the time and effort to list it online, we'd actually make that money back and reclaim the space for our car to go back in. Mm. It's kind of... I feel like the garage is filled with a lot of delayed decisions. Yeah. And the reason we call it the garage graveyard is because it is where things go to die. It's when you've upgraded your living room furniture and you've gone for that Scandi white look and you've decided, you know what, this old pine furniture is just not doing it for me anymore, even though it's great solid wood... It's not the look I want to go for anymore, but I can't get rid of this pine furniture because it's such good quality and they don't actually make it good quality like this anymore. So I'm just going to stick it in the garage. Oh, you know, there's a spot. I'll I'll find a spot and stick it in the garage. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is time goes by and all of a sudden 10 years later, there's a few other things in there that have gone to die and you actually do get to that point where you're like, "Mm, I I don't need this. I've clearly not had it in my house for a long time. Let's sell it or donate it. And so it's the graveyard. I think what happens with these spaces in our homes that we don't regularly go into is there's a little bit of like a relief in the sense that we've been given space to not make the decision. Out of sight, out of mind. Literally. And Mm. so when we put them in these spaces, it's almost like, oh, I don't have to think about that. That doesn't cause me any, you know, pressure. I don't have to make a decision on trying to sell that or whatever I'm going to do with that item. Yeah. And so like it ends up living in the garage or the spare bedroom or wherever it is for ages and becoming, you know, a compounded problem. And it's funny because almost feel like sometimes we're not ready to make that decision to let go of something and so sometimes we do need to put items into you know some sort of storage place that's out of the way out of the prime real estate as we would say and then you can come to a point later where you decide to get rid of it case in point when we moved into mum and dad's house you know for this nine months I think it was about September 2020 we moved in there was this big tall boy that was in one of the kids bedrooms And it wasn't practical. It didn't work for what we needed. So I said to mum, 
oh, look, I'm going to take it out of the kids' room because there's two kids in this room. They, you know, it's not a huge room. They need the cupboard space for other things. And we bought more practical sets of drawers. And I said, do you, do you want to get rid of it? Like we can sell it because it's not one that they needed or had a sentimental attachment to. And mum was very adamant that she wanted to keep it because it matched the bedside tables. Anyway, just the other day I was talking with mum and dad and dad was like, this is great. Us planning to move. We're downsizing. We're selling all this stuff. We're getting rid of things. Like he's he's become this, you know, maestro on Facebook Marketplace with selling stuff, which is great. I feel like it's so empowering for them. He's like, I sold the tall boy the other day and I was like, excuse me, you sold what? And he's like, the tall boy. And I'm like, are you talking about the one that matches the bedside tables? And he's like, <laughs> yes. And he's like, your mother was so happy to get rid of it. And I just thought, how funny, like nine months later. Isn't it amazing how that changes? It's such a different decision. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we're so fixed on a decision and we really need to take that time to like mull it over and be like, yeah. what are my priorities? And in that situation, the garage is really good for that. But you have to set yourself a limit because if you don't set yourself a limit of I'm going to review this decision in three months, you just find three years goes past. And the thing with decisions is like I was saying before, it feels really good to put them off <laughs> because it's like, I don't have to deal with that right now. Like I'm yeah. right now, I'm in the thick of uni. And if someone asked me to make a decision, I'd be like, whatever, decide whatever you want. I just like don't have the brain capacity for it. But if you were to ask me in a couple of months time when I'm free of that mental mm. mental load, yeah. then I would be able to have, then I would probably have like a different response. So, you know, we, depending on the seasons of life that we're in, we have the capacity to make these decisions and process these things and go through them. But if it is in an area of the house that becomes a graveyard, a dead zone, mm. it's less likely that we're going to end up dealing with it in a timely manner because we're not encountering it every day. And then what ends up happening is it snowballs into a bigger problem and suddenly you can't fit your bikes in the garage and your workspace isn't working for you anymore. And then, you know, potentially you do end up being that case where I can't park my car in here. Yeah. And it's amazing how many garages we will do. And the sole goal is I just want to get my car back in here. Yes. Because it happens to the best of us. Oh, it does. And, you know, it was a good couple of weeks after moving here until I could actually get the garage to a state where I could park my car in there. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I could, I was like, oh, this is great. But then it still wasn't quite right. There was still a little bit of clutter happening on one side. And I'm totally going to throw my husband into it because he's just got a lot of stuff in the garage, right? And it's not things that I can make decisions on. And we had to downsize, like we had two sets of shelving units that were matching and we had pretty much one for all our camping and like Christmas and, you know, personal stuff. And then we had another one that was pretty much all work-related stuff. And I have had to sacrifice a lot of that stuff to fit in this garage. So that means I'm not saving up a lot of the donations that I used to save up and things like that, which does make me sad, but at the same time, you know, you, can't, you can only do what you can do. You can only do what you can do and you can't create more space. So we've had to, yeah, make some changes to the garage already after organising it because things weren't quite working the way that we wanted them to. So it might be a case of we have, you know, rearranged the weights and the gym set up and then we've rearranged because there's a motorbike in there as well. So like sometimes you do need to go back and review things and make further alterations. But I tell you what, being able to get out of the car and have my children get out of the car inside the garage, so if the weather's terrible, without freaking out that they're going to knock a motorbike over <laughs> yes, or scratch the door on our metal shelving, it is such a relief and a burden off my back 
that, you know, all the extra time we have put into rethinking how to do the garage and what needs to go and what needs to change and blah, 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 it's so worth it. So while it can feel like a huge momental effort to to think about organising your garage, it's just so worth it in the end. So after the break, we're going to talk more about the purpose of your garage and what the practical steps are that you can take to reclaim it back so that your cars can fit in there and your hobbies can be achieved. You've got mail. Alrighty, so this listener question is from TikTok and it's from the user Betsy Zujul. So I'm going to call her Betsy. There's just something about the acronyms on TikTok, am I right? Anyway, Mm. any thoughts on how to deal with landfill guilt? Ooh, this is a good one. I feel so guilty if I can't recycle something. I hate throwing things away. Oh, that's a really tough one because I also suffer from this same sort of guilt. The first thing to do is turn off the tap. So make sure that when you're purchasing things first and foremost or when you're allowing things into your life or your home that you're very mindful and cautious about what you let in. So that's the first step because often we're too focused on getting rid of the stuff but we actually don't stop the acquiring side of things. So make sure that you're only acquiring things that you need, use or love. When it comes to the landfill guilt of getting rid of things, try all of the obvious avenues like donating to charity, giving away to a friend, listing things for free online is a great way to get rid of things that maybe would cost you to go to a local landfill option anyway, or that can't be recycled, but could be maybe repurposed into something else. Giving away free things online often means that other people will feel like they've gotten a bargain. They can do something with it that maybe you couldn't. uh, And that also alleviates the problem too. The other thing is we just have to sometimes make peace with the fact that everything has an end date. So even items that are recyclable do get to a point where they can no longer be recycled and they have to be disposed of into landfill or some other way. And it's better for you to be taking things to your local landfill station than for you to be creating your own rubbish tip at home. So hopefully those tips will help you. Stop the acquiring if it's not necessary. Give it away for free if you can't donate it or sell it. And then just making peace with the fact that everything has an end date and nothing is forever. And if you're interested, we also have a video just on this very topic of wastefulness on TikTok as well. But thank you. We love the listener questions. Keep them coming. And if you've got a burning question, be sure to send it in anywhere on our social media, or you can always email us podcast at littlehomeorganized.com. So before we talk about the practical steps of organising your garage, I just want to kind of cast your mind back to what what a garage purpose is because I think this is really important because in modern times I feel like we've kind of changed the way we use our garages and you can see this in other areas like formal formal dining rooms don't tend to be a thing so much anymore. It's a place to do your homework. Yeah, they've generally turned into a playroom or a study area for children or for families, which I think is good because a lot of people weren't actually using the formal dining anyway. And it's good to kind of, yeah, make your home work for you. But if you think about, you know, years and years ago before there were cars and people rode horses, they didn't really need, like they had a stable obviously 
for the horse to to sleep in. You just had like a hitching post out the front, right? And you'd hitch your horse to it when you went to someone else's house or whatnot. And then when you're at your own place, the horse went in the stable. Then when it turned into things like carriages, you'd have a carriage house or, or a stable or a barn where you'd park that kind of stuff. And usually it would be detached. It wasn't something that was right near the house. Because if you had a, a barn or a stable that you also put the carriage in, it generally had animals in it too, right? And you don't really want the animal smell right next to the kitchen and, and so forth. These days, we have these garages that are attached to the house so that we can walk straight from the garage into the house, especially in bad weather, we like this. We generally have these doors that are remote. You know, they're electrical. We can hit a button, it goes up, we can drive in. We don't have to worry about getting out and fiddling with, you know, some sort of lock or key to be able to open it and get our car in. some in. cases, yeah. In, in most cases, right? So we have really altered the way that garages work. They're designed for our cars to go in, but so often these days you'll actually find people have reclaimed the garage as an extra room in the house if they need the space. So they might have, you know, done the floor and they've turned it into a granny flat. Or or a hobby space of some kind. Yeah, or... A home business. Yeah, yeah. So many home businesses operate out of the garage. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Or a graveyard. (laughs) Or a graveyard. But the thing is, you have to actually look at what the purpose of your garage is for you and for your family and then decide how to best use the space. Because I think too often we get really fixated on, oh, my kids need a music room and I don't have another room in the house that I can use as a music room so I'm going to convert the garage Um, we might have like three living room spaces so that that you know person can watch tv and these the kids can do something over here and and I can do something over here I think sometimes we do need to stop and think what's what are the multiple purposes that can actually happen in this room because and I've mentioned this study before UCLA did a study and they worked out that we actually only use 40 percent of our house, right? And so when we're converting our garage into an extra room and then our cars, which are our second most expensive item generally that we own, we park those on the street or or on the driveway or under a carport to make room for an extra room that we maybe are not using or for stuff that we don't really need and we don't use, but we can't really let go of it. So we have to really take a step back and think, okay, what's the purpose of the garage? What's the purpose of what, what do I need to keep safe in there? Do I have things that need to stay in a safe? Do I have a car or a boat or a motorbike or a collection of motorbikes? Like let's say, you know, th- this question is important. So think about it right now. What is the purpose of my garage? What, what purposes do I want it to have? Okay, so I want to be able to park my car in there. Let's say I am a – my side hustle is I make jewellery and I want to have a space that's out of the house because it's messy where I can make my jewellery so I need to have the bench space for that. Mm-hmm. I also go camping once a year. I like to have somewhere to put my camping gear. Let's say those are those th- are the things that, you know, are going on for you in your garage. Yeah. Then we need to make sure that the stuff that's in your garage reflects those needs. Yeah. Yep. And if it's not, then it's time to reassess and reevaluate. Yeah. Let's get in there and declutter and get things more organised and – and start, you know, getting the stuff that has gone in there to die needs to actually be mm. decluttered, be sold on and be dealt with. And especially if you live in an area where weather is an issue. So say you get hailstorms like we do in Queensland or you live somewhere where the the temperature freezes over and you can't maybe start your car if it's out on the street or it's harder to get going in the morning and it's better for your car to be garaged for that or, you know, there's... Well, just protection from the sun. 
Yeah, yeah, mm. it's amazing. My how- ba- my back tinted window at the moment gets absolutely punished by the western sun, mm. and it's starting to do that weird warpy looking thing. Ah, oh, the bubble. Yeah, and so I think I guess I'll just have to get my tint replaced. But it, like the sun is punishing, so there's yeah. all these reasons to want to get our stuff in the garage. Yeah, and especially if parking outside means that you're getting leaves or bird or bat droppings on the car. I learnt very quickly with my second car when I was only in my early twenties. That butt droppings are awful for your paint. Yeah, no, they're super bad. So, yeah. Bonnie, I've got a situation in my garage. What do I do? Help, so, help me with my graveyard. Help me. Uh, so, first thing is let's use the five Ps. And we use this at Little Miss Organised all the time. It's our. We should make it a bit of a jig, don't you reckon? Dun, 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 dun. We should totally. Number one. We should have a jingle or something. That would be fun. We should. It would make it so easy to remember. So, number one, of course, is plan. plan. So, fail to plan, uh, plan to fail, basically. So what's your plan for the garage? We've already talked about what's the purpose. So have a think about what's the purpose of the space? What activities do I need to do in there? So like for us, example, we park one car and one motorbike in there. There's a workspace for my husband for his tools and hobbies. There's a weights area. We also have, you know, a set of shelves with all our camping and Christmas stuff on it. And then we've got our kids go zone in there so that I don't have to have them traipsing through yes, the house with that's dirty shoes. That's a really great point because for some people, the go zone is right where the kids get out of the car because yeah. it is where you're flowing traffic in and out of the house. Yep. So yep. if you if that, if that you want to set up the go zone, which is an amazing system, mm. you'll need to make the space for it somewhere. Yeah. So what's the purpose? Create a plan around that, whether it's something that you actually write down or you just have in your head. Do you need to store sporting equipment in there? Do you need to store gardening equipment in there? So like there's, there's a few different categories that can go in a garage and you have to stop and really assess, is, is that what I want for my particular space? Number two. So number two is then you're pulling out. Now, the biggest mistake that people make with organizing their garage is they go, right, let's get the cars out. Let's pull everything out and stick it on the floor. And then they get halfway through the day and they're exhausted or they've got to pick the kids up from school and stuff just gets shoved back. So do it in smaller steps and do it one section at a time. We know it's gratifying to see a big sweeping change. But yeah. with this process, try to be patient. It's a big job. Yeah. And and unless you can kind of have a team of, you know, eight to ten people to help you get it done in one day, generally speaking, it is going to take you a little bit longer than that. So we would suggest starting with like the most priority. So if you've got a workspace and that's really not working, start with just organizing the workspace. If you've got a set of shelves, maybe just start with one of those shelves or all of those shelves and work out before this is part of the planning phase, what's actually going to live on those shelves. And then your step three is to do your purge. So once you've maybe emptied everything off that set of shelves and you've categorized it, so all the gardening together, all the tools together, all the sporting equipment, etc do a purge. Oh my goodness, we have got seven soccer balls. We really don't need seven soccer balls. How many can go? Do the purge, go through and get rid of the things that- Donate responsibly. Yes. Yep. Give to your local charities and let them have a second life with a new family. There's many options for your stuff that doesn't involve going to landfill. So just have a think about it when you're going through this step. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do get stuck, download our donations cheat sheet off our website, littlemissorganized.com.au. And that will give you some ideas of where some of the toys and things can go and even tools because there's heaps of men's sheds and, um, you know, tool library type programs around where you can actually donate these things. Um, and if in doubt, you can always give it away as a freebie online. People love a good freebie. 
Oh, don't they? Speaking of freebies, um, we actually have some discount codes that we now have to offer um, our listeners. So you guys can get some savings on some products that we believe in. Yay. Um, and one of them you may be aware of is Second Scout. You can use the code LITTLEHOME10 to get um, a discount off their adhesive label range. And they are beautiful infographic labels, um, like picture labels. And then, of course, our, our newest company that we love their product is Bag and Shred. And so if you're someone who's trying to get rid of confidential documents, you don't have a shredder or you don't have the patience for a shredder and you want to make sure that the documents are securely disposed of, then that's an awesome service as well. Our discount code for them is LITTLE10, but we'll have more information coming on our website. So step number four, once you've planned, you've pulled out, you've purged, is to purchase. So once you know how much of each category you've got, that's when you actually go and do the shop. And this is why the process of organising your garage will actually take a little bit of time because you kind of need to know how much stuff you're working with and how much stuff you need to store rather than just going out and getting the storage stuff first. Absolutely. The biggest mistake people see is when you go out and you buy all the storage stuff first because you get really excited about that part, but that comes down the track. So make sure to save that for step number four. And of course, if you can shop at home first before going out and spending money and check out things on Marketplace. There's so many good you know, secondhand like shelving and different things you can get on there. You don't have to go out to the shops and buy full price, which is good mm. to, you know, recycle, upcycle and be using those other secondhand avenues first before buying new. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we've just done. When I mentioned we've downsized our garage, we actually had to sell that second set of shelves because we didn't really need it anymore and it wasn't going to fit anyway. And it got sold and picked up within like two hours. And that lady was so grateful. So there is a lot of money to be made out of really practical stuff in the home. And garage shelving is definitely one of them. Step number five. So this is your putback step. So once you've done your purchase and you've got the containers that you need, maybe you've got labels, whether it's handwritten or vinyl, whatever you prefer to use. We tend to use post-its just as a temporary thing. A chalk um, pen is another good temporary option. A chalk option. pen is a great idea. Um, if it's a permanent option and you've got great writing, do a paint pen because uh, especially on a plastic tub that will look great and it will stay longer. But if you're not really sure if the categories will... Yeah, if the categories are maybe going to change and you need to provide space for that, then just yep. go with more of a temporary labelling system. Yeah, so post-it notes or a chalk pen can be great just as a temporary label and then you can come back and reassess and review and change things around a little bit later. One of the things you're doing in the putback step is, of course, setting up your system. So you're deciding what's going where and how is this going to flow and it's okay. If it doesn't work in three months' time, you think this isn't quite working, I need mm. to mix things up. That is a very normal part of the organising process. Yeah. One key part of organising is, of course, being able to maintain it. Yeah. And so to maintain it, make sure your systems are working, make sure that things are labelled so everybody understands the system. Yeah, it's a bit like any sort of major changes that you make. It's all about the maintenance at the other end. So once you have put everything back and you've got it labelled, make sure that you change those habits. And when you come home and you unpack uh, from a camping trip, that all the camping stuff goes straight back into their boxes and straight back onto the shelf because otherwise you will get into the same mess 6, 12, 18 months down the track. You really need to change those habits uh, first and foremost to be able to maintain a really good space. All right, Bonnie. So what's this week's tidy task? So this week's tidy task, if you have a garage graveyard yourself at home, is to organize a section in your garage. So whether it's your workspace, whether it's a shelf, whether it's an entire shelving section, go through, use those five Ps, the plan, the pull out, the purge, the purchase and the put back. Use those five steps to help you organize that space and then enjoy 
that new newly organized garage space and hopefully by organizing that space you have been able to get your car back in there if it wasn't beforehand. <laughs> we hope we've normalized the garage graveyard for you today because it is something that as Pony said 99.9% of homes have but the great news is is that plenty of homes totally reclaim that space again and it is easy to do. So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So it may seem like a really big job, but just go in with a plan, start small, and you will get the garage functioning back to how you want it. But that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much once again for choosing to have Bonnie and I in your ears. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoy the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.